And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX podcast, episode number two. And man, we're glad to be back, bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank each and every person that enjoyed the first episode, and the great positive feedback from just that first episode was absolutely amazing to see from the local community in the sport of motocross. We have a lot of talk we have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing all the way to professional racing. But in this episode, it will be a little bit more on the local side and for good measure, so make sure to stick around all the way until the end. There are a good amount of talking points to chat about in this episode from Kathy's Creek, brand new local legend segment, RMZ 450, Lake Sugar Tree 20th Annual Halloween Bash, the Silver Valley MX Park AB $20,000 race that is coming up at the beginning of November, answering your questions that were submitted via our social media accounts, local weekend racing schedule, which is new as well, straight rhythm and WSX for the professional side towards the later part uh, of this pod, and much, much more. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and all of our popular social media accounts, especially our TikTok channel. We just hit 21 a thousand followers on there and it is amazing to see the progress and the fan interaction on all of our social media platforms and all of the links uh, to our social media platforms will be in the description down below this is going to be a whole lot of fun here on episode two of the imperative mx podcast but before we go any further we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors that are on board here on the Imperative MX Podcast. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, and Hydropower. Make sure to support the ones that support the sport. Just like all of these sponsors are on board with this podcast, bringing you the local motocross talk each week. Helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast the highly likable, hilarious, and knowledgeable co-host TJ Gillespie, or also known as Heavy D. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, there we go. There we go. What's going on? What's, what's going on? What's going on, partner? How we doing? Uh, in the life, living the moto dream, chatting it up and keeping it local. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's a, that's exactly what we do here on the Imperative MX podcast, and uh, great to have you back for this episode number two. We have uh, quite a lot of talking points to get through this one, a lot of local talk, so this one's going to hit us uh, straight in the heart, Heavy D. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I'm excited. I've been, I've been waiting for this one all week long. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, the weekend, you know, we will talk about straight rhythm and uh, WSX on the, prof- uh, the professional side. Uh, but like we said, we want to keep it local. And uh, the first talking point uh, that we have here, Heavy D, is uh, Kathy's Creek. And uh, you wanted to talk about uh, this topic uh, just a little bit. So I'll uh, let you take it from here. Yeah, dude. You know, just uh, we... Like you were saying, you know, we're just trying to, you know, keep it local and talk about some awesome local racing. And, uh, you know, Caddy's Creek Creek is one of those tracks, you know. And uh, it's one 
we, we encourage people to come out and do, you know, the Carolina Outlaw Series. It's been around for about uh five, six years now. Maybe a little longer. My math could be off. But, man, it's a growing series, and everybody is loving it, you know. And uh, we're just trying to encourage people to come out, get more local with us, you know. I mean, Caddy's Creek is probably as local as local gets, dude. And it's it's awesome, dude. I mean, the atmosphere is awesome. All our supporters are awesome. Like, you you couldn't ask for anything better. So, I mean, like I say, no, no uh, shots fired to anybody else, but you know, Caddy's Creek is awesome. And, uh, this past weekend we had a good race, um, some real good racing. Also, before we go any farther with that, got to give a, a shout out to Garrett Bullis. Um, he was a rider who was, had a pretty intense crash at Caddy's Creek. And we just want to send our thoughts and prayers to him and his family. And, uh, hope he, uh, heals and recovers quickly and, uh, gets back out there. But, Absolutely. Like I say, Caddy's Creek is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you talked about in the very beginning, uh, speaking about Caddy's Creek, we all start somewhere. And for people uh, down where you are from in the lower part of North Carolina, a lot of people go to Caddy's uh, Creek. And for me, uh, up top here uh, in the North Carolina area was East Bend for me. So uh, East Bend really hits home to me. And Caddy's Creek down there where you are at, the Outlaw Series, uh, even though that it is an outlaw series, it's good to get some gate drops, huh, Heavy D? Oh, absolutely, man. You know, we've had some top guys come through Caddy's Creek. You know, Shane McArath, he's ridden Caddy's Creek, and, and several others. Even our series, you know, like with 221, I mean, don't get me wrong, Caddy's Creek is the home track of the Carolina Outlaw Series, but we have some other great tracks, and we've had top guys come out and ride them, like Chad Reed, Cooper Webb. Uh, once again, uh, I'm pretty sure George, George Smith did back in the day. Hell, heck, he even rode East Bend. Right. I mean, I've turned a lot of laps at East Bend, and so he, so is he. So we've had we've had some pretty bad dudes in the industry come out and shred the local scenery over at Caddy's Creek. So we we just want to keep it going, get more people out, beginners, even if you're faster, man. We they they we all try to do a fantastic job of keeping the track up, you know, and providing good dirt, safe jumps, and just an all-around good atmosphere. So we encourage everybody to come on out. Like, come on, keep yeah. local racing alive. Absolutely. Keeping the local scene alive is uh, is what pays these top professional riders, and we love to watch them on TV, and we also love to uh, ride motocross our dirt bikes on the weekends. And uh, without our support uh, from the sponsors that we have here on the podcast and uh, at the tracks, the vendors, all of the small people, the mechanic that puts on the tire for you because you don't want to break your knuckles, you throw them 25 bucks or whatever <laughs> the case may be, right? All of these people are here to support the sport and to uh, to support you. So even though that these Outlaw Series may not be your favorite track, it may not have the top, you know, the top competition that you're looking for, but if there's nothing going on on a weekend and you want to just get some gate drops, then... I don't see a, a big problem going to these uh, Outlaw Series for just some uh, just some gate drops, Heavy D. Oh, no, me either. I mean, like I always say, like, you will always find, no matter how you look at it, competition at a local series or a local race. Just because, like I say, no shots fired at anybody, but some of those kids may not be national level, but, dude, at that track, you they are local kids. legends at that. At they those will tracks. work you absolutely. I've seen and, top but, professionals go to East Bend and get worked by the local legend at uh, East Bend. His name's Brent East, and yeah. I have seen it multiple times. Jacob Hayes has showed up, and multiple and multiple other prof, uh, top professionals, and and Brent East works them. So, oh, dude, 
Brent East is another story, man. Like, like I say, like, you know, God rest his soul, Cody Gregg, but I, I remember going to Center Road back in the day, and, dude, I've watched Brent East flat out work, work them. Yep. <laughs> work them over. But, like I say, hey, you, you have those local legends, and he's one of them. I mean, hey, you never know. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, before we move into uh, a little bit more local, uh, myself riding the Suzuki RMZ 450 2023, have to give a huge shout out to West Virginia Motorsports. That is where I bought my Suzuki RMZ 450 2023, and I couldn't be happier with the purchase from everybody down there in Princeton, West Virginia. If you are around the surrounding areas, looking for a new or pre-owned motorcycle, dirt bike, ATV, UTV, whatever, engine, bike, side-by-side, -side, whatever you need, make sure to stop by. Don't forget to order your parts for your current, bark, uh, your current bike through West Virginia Motorsports or alongside walking out the door with that new ride. Don't forget to uh, get some filters on your way out. Um, but yeah, moving into the Suzuki RMZ 450 test ride and review imperative mx on youtube uh i did a whole review of everything about the rmz 450 from my opinion um and i also got a second opinion sawyer beck who is a local b class rider from virginia uh which actually he lives in forest virginia which is about 40 45 minutes away from me uh i let him hop on the bike and he had nothing bad to say now moving towards that a lot of people love to give suzuki a lot of hate i even had uh jaden vieira who does jv films uh i had him actually ride the motorcycle as well and um all around good motorcycle great price you get a full Yoshimira RS12 exhaust system and an rm army graphics kit for 899 out the door and uh, yeah, I can't really say anything bad about the actual motorcycle heavy D. It's uh, it's good to be back on yellow. Man, like like you say, a lot of people throw so much shade at the Suzuki, and I honestly, like me personally, I think it is a sick bike. I mean, I could care less about an electric start or or anything like that. Like just because, I mean. Don't get me wrong, the Legend Star is nice, but like if you look at it in like higher competition levels, like per motocross, supercross, like dude, like that can be the deciding factor of wh whether or not you win a championship. And that may be reaching a little bit, but you know, if you out there racing that battery goes dead, you're screwed. Like if it don't turn over, you can't kick it. So me personally, I like the Suzuki. Honestly, I think it's probably one of the most neutral bikes out there. It don't have a uh, ass ton of power, excuse my French, but it's still a strong bike. It handles great. And I honestly, I like it, dude. I don't think anything's wrong with it because I don't think you need a crazy amount of power, especially yeah. in a 50. Yeah, on a four, I mean, these bikes are so fast now with their torque and the mapping that you can do, the ECU settings and. The, you know, there's so much uh, complexity within these uh, dirt bikes nowadays that you can get any bike and you can set it up for yourself and you would be perfectly fine. No matter if it's a Husqvarna, a Gas Gas, a Cowie, you know, a Suzuki, a Honda, 
every bike is going to fit somebody different, and it's a personal opinion. I believe dirt bikes have now come to the point to where it's almost a personal preference, um, unless you're a professional athlete, you know, uh, the top 1%, and you get hit up by HRC Honda like Colt Nichols did. Oh, oh, absolutely. And, like, you know, I've ridden a good amount of the bikes, and, I mean, several years ago, but, like, me personally, I like the Suzuki. Like, I rode Yamahas for the majority of the time I rode, basically right. about all the time I rode. And I liked it, you know, even when they went to the reverse engine, the ones that a bunch of the pro guys didn't like, I liked it still. But me personally, I think the reason I liked it so much is because I'm a bigger guy. So, like, it was like I was just basically riding my weight or carrying around my weight. And I was just, like, trying to throw it around. And I liked it, you know. Even I I rode a Suzuki. I liked it. And, it, like I say, it was the most neutral bike. I could corner it good. I I could jump it fine. The power was awesome. I mean... For me personally, like it, it wasn't like the KTM. Like I, I'm not throwing shade at it, but you know, a KTM has a steel frame, so of course, uh, like the smaller guys and lighter guys, they like it because for them, it kind of settles in corners just right because a steel frame flexes. Right. Where for me, it flexed a little too much. Right. Because, but because of, because of the weight issue. Yeah, the weight issue, and I I, I don't really like them as much. Right. But the Suzuki, I think. I always thought was an all-around neutral bike. It's one you can. I feel like anybody can hop on and still be competitive, no matter how you look at it. That, that's just my opinion. Yeah, and so I traded in my 2020 Yamaha 450 for this 2023 Suzuki. People on TikTok and, you know, a lot of people were throwing shade at me saying that the bike is terrible, and I did a full 13-minute review even with, you know, Sawyer Beck, um, local top B rider, um, didn't do anything to it. You know, it was in my setting, which the only thing that I did was set the sag, which was 110 for a race setting. Cause I'm a little bit bulkier guy and I like to really charge. So set the sag to 110, do three to four, uh, clickers on the front springs to make them, um, to make her harder. Um, and, uh, or stiffer. And that was it. That's the only thing. Oh, and I moved the brake lever, the rear brake lever, I or uh, pedal, moved that up maybe, I don't even know, maybe a quarter inch, half an inch at max. And that was it. That's the only thing I've done to the motorcycle, and I'm completely satisfied. I don't need to touch it no more. I'm sure, you know, I have graphics on the way. There will be uh, handlebars, I'm sure, that will be uh, in the foreseen future because Heavy D, when I hit the ground, I don't like to just, you know, lay on a pillow. <laughs> I don't like to lay in a pillow. Uh, you know, I, I I hit the ground. When I hit the ground, I hit the ground for sure. So. Oh, you, you just go for the full-fledged KO. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the full, you know, if I'm in the air, I'm rolling the windows up. If I'm on the ground, I'm ar- army crawling off the track. I mean, it's, you know, it's unbelievable. And every single time that I crash, I have to do a flip. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know how. I just fall on the ground, and instantly my body thinks that it should just continue rolling. So. Dirt bike parkour with a with a twist of gymnastics. Absolutely, you know, uh, 
yeah, I, I can't really say anything else on, on that topic and myself falling. Uh, but before we get too far off topic, swinging it back to the uh, the Suzuki RMZ450 here on the Imperative MX podcast, brought to you by West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, and Hydro Power. Realistically, this bike is not as bad as people say it is. I believe that the hate needs to stop, even though it never will. But... Um, you know, the automatic decompression system to make it kick easier, it's so easy, one to two kicks, no problem, even when I'm out there on the track and it flipped halfway across Muddy Creek, you know, the, uh, the track when I crashed, uh, when I went up there to race at the Verb Moto Top Gun Showdown a couple weeks and weekends ago, uh, you know, the bike was a little mangled and, uh, had to straighten her out a little bit, but, you know, second kick, she started right up, so... I don't know. I've had problems where I've fallen over on my Yamaha before, and it takes seven, seven to eight clicks of the button for, or for me to even really even have enough time to get it started. And then if it doesn't start within five or six, it's like you're almost you're having to put the bike in neutral. You're losing more time. So, and then you can also want to take it even further to what you were talking about with championships. I mean, look at Sexton and Tomac. If Sexton's bike would have started before Tomac. Sexton would have gotten that, you know, even though that he got the overall, he would have went 1-1. So, you know, uh, I don't I don't really think that that I think the no e-start is overrated. I think that that is uh that's super overrated in my opinion. Oh, uh, 100% and I just I think another thing is too like you you got a lot of like Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM. There you look at it, they they're doing a lot of R and D, like, but you got to look at the factors. Like they have these teams and all these guys that's like basically dealing with the manufacturer directly, so they're able to make the bike better. And honestly, I think if Suzuki wanted to, they could. But I mean, the bikes are so expensive right now, and I think for them, it's just like, why do that? and not sell the bikes because if you think about it especially right now the way things are going you either gotta have a tomac a roxon or you gotta have a social media king or somebody with a high social media profile like axel hodges or deegan that's racing to even sell the motorcycle and get it back to when carmichael and dungeon those guys were winning on it right it's just it's just so much more to it and like, it's not a bad bike. I think me. I think Roxy can go hop on it. Not trying to get off subject right now. With he could probably go twist a T Suzuki and go win some races on it, hands down. Yeah. I honestly believe that. And and you can't tell me that if a bike is inside the top ten, it doesn't matter what rider is on it. That bike is inside the top ten. You can't tell me that that motorcycle is bad. Oh, absolutely. Like, even going back to like Sawyer riding, I watch videos of him and. Like I, I'm like I said, I wasn't there, but I I seen the videos you posted, and me personally, I'm not just trying to be biased, but I I thought he looked better on the Suzuki than he did his own Honda, just because his riding style, dude, it just like it, he didn't have it was effortless. He looked a little bit more comfortable. He was more relaxed. He was more neutral with the bike. He wasn't having to dive into the corners as hard on the Suzuki like he does his Honda, because you know a Honda has a lower front rake. So you really got to go to get over the front of that bike to make it dive in the corner. Right. So 
if you watched him ride Suzuki, he would start to do that. But I guess he realized, like, dang, I ain't really got to, you know, dig in that hard with this thing because it's actually going to corner pretty good. And, dude, he put that thing where he wanted it. Yeah, and, no, he you know, he definitely put it to the test. And I tell you what, he rips at his home track, just like anybody at at home track, right? But – Man, he's uh he's unbelievable at uh at his own uh, his home track, and it was awesome to have him ride the banana around. Um, oh, the the yellow motorcycle. It was cool to see, and his style, like you said, is just impeccable. Anywhere that he goes, Sugar Tree, Birch Creek, any of these local races that I see him at, uh, he has the same riding style, same attitude. Uh, he's very soft smoke uh, spoken. Um, he's a great dude. Um, and yeah, no, it was uh it was really cool to have him ride the motorcycle to get that second opinion. I believe that that's, uh, that's what I wanted for the video is I wanted somebody else that was, uh, you know, a good rider, and I wanted somebody that has never rode the Suzuki 450 or even really a 250. He said that the last time that he rode one was on a 65. So, um, oh, dang. Yeah, so dang. he has been he – is, he is brand new into the Suzuki RM Army. So, uh, but, you know – it's a it's a great motorcycle. I think the E Start um, conversation is overrated, and yeah, this motorcycle is perfectly fine for me. Uh, they pay a lot more at the local events than any other brand, um, and yeah, for me, I don't like to do very much to my bikes. I keep them all stock my entire career. I've had all of my bikes stock instead of a slip-on muffler, unless you want to call that modified. But other than that. That has been pretty much my setup my entire life. So I don't need anything fancy. I don't do anything fancy to my motorcycles. So, um, you know, set the sag, do a couple <laughs> of clicker adjustments, come off the couch, and go go race. I cannot say the same. <laughs> <laughs> I never have one stop bike. <laughs> if anybody races with me, they probably know that. So. Yeah, yeah, and hey, uh, we got we got a we got a nice question. Uh, fan sent uh over the social media that we're gonna have to get into uh get into uh, later. Uh, so uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be good. Uh, be later here <laughs> in uh the Imperative MX podcast episode number two, and uh the next segment that we are going to get into is a brand new segment here on the Imperative MX podcast. It is the local legend segment. Now, no. this this here hits home to both me and Heavy D. Within, if you do not know what a local legend is, a local legend is a rider that is from the local North Carolina, Virginia area that is absolutely balls fast and just waxes everybody no matter where they go. Uh, <laughs> so, we have two examples for this one we're gonna do we may do this uh on a regular we may do an old one to bring back some old local legends and then we have a new local legend so we're gonna have two on the local legend segment one old yes one new so in this local legend segment the two riders the first one is going to be jt josh thomas yes he is going to be the old one that we talk about, and the younger one will be Dawson Cobb, who races C-Class. Double, Double D. We are going to talk about him here in a minute, 
But those are the two riders that we're going to speak about, and we wanted to let you guys know what a local legend is and what makes them worthy of being talked about as a local legend. So first, let's talk about Josh Thomas. Josh Thomas is a local North Carolina kid. He is a little shorter in stature. He is very skinny. If you were walking by him at the mall, you would have no idea that no matter what motorcycle he on that he is on, that dirt bike is revved to the moon and it will be jumped as far as you want it to be. And he will win. Just about every single time. Absolutely. Hands down. Uh give me give me some uh give me some Josh Thomas local legend moments in your opinion, Heavy D. Okay, so I heard before I even started racing, I heard of Josh Thomas. I seen him. Um, he come over to my buddy Garrett's track, which was formerly known as the old JGR track. And the dude was unreal. But I seen him, what was, you remember Zoo City? Do you remember Zoo City? Yep. The finish line, right there where everybody parked. Yep, they had that triple, like Camelback triple. Yes. Dude, he would come over that and crank it so ridiculously hard. I, I would be like, "What? what is going through this dude's head? Like, how is he this gnarly on a dirt bike? And how do you get that gnarly, that ridiculous sick on that triple? And what's crazy what? is nowadays he come he most of the time, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't ride very much, and if you know, if he does, he's he's kind of just hanging around and just jumping big jumps, right? But man, I remember, I remember as a kid, man, when we saw that toy hauler, that uh, heavy D, you said that you have the that old toy hauler, the tailgater, son, still the got tailgater. It. If I saw that thing, I would have nightmares from when I was twelve years old, having to race this kid at Windy Hill, at Devil's Ridge, at all of these local District 29 races, if that mm -hmm. 117 Gator showed up, oh, man, we, we all knew that we were not going to win. We were glad that we showed up, but we're not winning. Let me, let me tell you how much of a legend I thought that I've always thought this guy was. His number plate is still in the toy hauler spot, and every race we went to in that thing, I would bump, fist bump that thing. Saluting my guy before yes. I went out on the track. It's a local legend salute. Yes, I was like, I had to because he was gnarly. Like, still is. Like, seeing him at straight rhythm, like getting in, I'm like, okay, like that's badass. Like, he's just a local legend. Like, don't even ride a dirt bike on a wreck a full regular basis like he used to back in the day, and he's at Red Bull Straight Rhythm on an RM125 about to go shred like that is so sick that just lets you know like you don't have to go be a top guy or try to race your heart out and be like a tomac if you could just if you're just a local bad dude you can go make it happen you can be like all right i'm i'm bad enough to where i can go race the red bull straight rhythm no big deal absolutely and for you that do not know 
Josh Thomas was invited to come out to Straight Rhythm under Moto Memes, who is a very big, uh, popular social media content for posting very funny memes about uh, professional Supercross, Motocross, MXGP, that sort of thing. So it is a great follow on Instagram, so make sure to go and check him out at Moto Memes. But, uh, yeah, uh, Joshy Washi, who has been around the scene for a very long time, I believe that he is into music now, but he knows the owner of Moto Memes, and Moto Memes was looking to have a rider for their bike uh, to take out the straight rhythm. So, um, Joshi Washi, uh, I don't really, <laughs> I don't know what his actual name is. I just know him as Joshi Washi, dude. <laughs> Any, anyways, <I> anyways, <laughs> anyways um, they all got hooked up and uh, drove from Florida all the way to Straight Rhythm. Uh, Josh rode practice, did knack-knacks, jumped all the jumps, times were good, uh, and when it came down to the qualifying, they had a motor issue that they were not able to resolve. So unfortunately, he was not able to make the, uh, quote, night program or the final, right, um, qualifying rider. So that was unfortunate not to be able to see him on TV, but that does not matter. Nobody other than a handful of people that know him Right? Nobody mm -hmm. knows how big of a local legend he is to the North Carolina motocross scene. Oh, dude. And he's just one of many. We got so many of them. I could just name them off and not like they, they'd be never ending. Yeah. And every, every week, like we said, on the local legend uh, segment here on the Imperative MX podcast, we will have two riders, one old from what we remember when we were younger. And one that is new. And uh, so we're going to transition from the old Josh Thomas, local legend, now to the new uh, local legend for this first episode, Dawson Cobb. I do not know much about this kid, um, and Heavy D does. So I will let Heavy D take the reins on Dawson Cobb since he was the one that suggested that Double D, Mr. Cobb, should be on this first local legend segment. Oh, dude, it was, it was only fitting just because it's like, man, the kid, he, don't get me wrong, he's soft-spoken, but he is funny as hell. Right. But the kid can shred a dirt bike. Now, mind you, this is what, 2022. He just hopped on a 125, a big bike, a 125 last year, 2021. Didn't even try to qualify. The previous year, he was on 85s. He did. And got worked at areas and regionals. Like, he didn't make it. Right. Not to say he was, like, slow, but he just didn't make it. Like, just like anybody else. Just, you know, it, when you get to that, it's tough. It is tough. Yeah, yeah, you're telling but, me. <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me, Heavy D. <laughs> it is. Oh. Yeah. But, dude, this year, he came out the gate with a damn V10 Triton firing on all cylinders like my man has like went to every local race the areas regionals and went to loretta's and clean house son talking about he he brought two number one plates back to the carolinas yep nc and went to baja gathered them up three more and brought them back to the hometown of the carolinas let's go and went 
to the Bird Moto Top Gun Showdown. Yeah. Brought more back to the house. No. No. Brought more back to the house. My, my man, he is getting all the chicken right now. I was, I was about to say, does uh, do we need to call his parents and ask for a bigger room? I think his room's getting full of number one plates. Oh, oh, and he just went to next level this past weekend and cleaned up. And you know what? I'm going out on the limb. He may have some more. Co- I, I'm giving. I'm Double D is going to the Verb Classic this weekend, and he's getting more. <laughs> He's just, just more. Just, just keep racking him up. Just keep racking him up. Hey, look, he's taking the chicken, and he ain't even gonna leave no grease or sides. He no. ain't gonna leave nothing to fry it in. He's taking the deep fryer. He's taking the pots, pans, silverware. He gonna take the whole damn stove, son. The only I'm thing that's left you. is that hot sauce that's drip, that's dripped all the way down to the very bottom of the box. All he's gonna leave is a little drizzle. I'm, I'm, hey, Double D is going to get it. And that is why I had to pick my guy for the local legend because, hey, he, don't get me wrong, he he, he trains with Stu some, but last year he stopped training and went back to school. Like, my yep. guy just said, you know what, I'm about to go, like, go kick it with the homies, try and get me a few little honey buns, yep. and, you know, do my thing. And he got to train him a little bit, but he he put in that work, and my guy was grinding. I mean, I I think you saw him at Top Gun Showdown, didn't you? Yep, and that's what I was gonna say. The first time, uh, I well, I can't say the first time I heard his name. The first time I heard his name was I when I was watching Loretta's this year. Um, I honestly I do not pay much attention to the C class, but anytime the C class was up, I heard uh, Dawson's name quite a bit on there. So I did, um you know, know of him a little bit. And then when we were at the Verb Top Gun Showdown, I was so focused on my Suzuki, uh, you know, trying to get that thing right and trying to figure out if I need to change anything, so on and so forth. And sure enough, I hear Ken Farrell just saying Dawson Cobb's name over and over and over again. And I'm going to tell you what, Heavy D, that was the first time ever, I- I'm-, I'm legitimately saying this, and this is absolutely true, first time I've ever heard a kid's name over the loudspeaker so many times in C class that I actually <laughs> that I actually had to go and watch this kid. And I mean, you know, I only got to see him for four laps, right? He was in the lead early. He got the whole shot checked out for what I from what I saw. Um he might have had to pass maybe one or two people on the first lap. But man, he's uh man, he's he's on it for sure. And uh from what you said uh, from him, you know, transitioning up in bikes so fast and able to be at this top C-class, you know, spot. That's local legend, you know, credentials for me. Uh, that that's, oh. that's what being a local legend is, is someone that just comes out and just absolutely waxes everybody, and there's nothing that nobody can do about it. Oh, dude, 100%. Like, he went to Loretta's. He failed, still came back and got second. If he'd have had one more lap to go, he probably would have won that moto. Not even going to lie to you about that. I really feel like he would have. Yep. But, I mean, dude, it's a local legend. And when you watch the kid ride, he just, he's no goon. He throws down. Like, he, hey, his sauce level is real high. As Gucci said, if you ain't got the sauce, then you're lost. <laughs> but he got all the sauce. That is no joke. Well, let's hope that he doesn't get lost in the sauce of the success <laughs> that could be coming with these championships. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I like that. Yes, I like sir. It. 
Yes, sir. So uh, that was great for the local legend segment. That's uh, that's probably honestly going to be one of our favorite segments. We we love talking about the local heroes from back in the day that we watched and that we got waxed by every single weekend. And uh, yeah, Josh Thomas and Dawson Cobb, old, new, doesn't matter, still local legend. If you have a local legend in mind, make sure to contact us over at imperativemx at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put local legend segment and give us a description on the rider and why we should pick them on next week's episode. And if it's good enough, you may be featured here on the Imperative MX podcast local legend segment. So, uh, yeah, Heavy D, I mean, there's there's been a lot of local legends in the area, and it's cool to b- have both of these riders on. Oh, 100%. I think it's, it's sick. Josh Thomas, Joshy, and... Dawson Cobb, Double D. Yep, absolutely. And uh, I have to speak on Josh. He got Pulp MX uh, credentials. Uh, Randy Richardson, who is a, um, uh, I believe that he is a sales rep or a just a really big person, uh, a part of Michelin, Michelin bicycle tires, uh, Michelin Starcross sixes, um, that sort of thing. Mentioned. Josh Thomas and Moto Memes on the Pulp and Mech show. And if you are, uh, you know, you know the Moto scene, you know Pulp and Mech, you know how many uh, people listen to that podcast. So it's very cool to hear a local legend, Josh Thomas himself, get um, publicity like he did on the Pulp and Mech show. So have to give a huge shout out to Randy Richardson over there at Michelin for doing that. And, uh, you know, Steve, uh, for, you know, allowing to talk about it. That's, uh, that's very cool and very kind of both of them. So, uh, but... FXR, speaking of local legend, myself, I'm an FXR. There's so many FXR athletes that are there at a local level. Uh, Heavy D, I'm sure you've seen a lot at Kathy Creek this past weekend. Oh, dude, let me tell you, it's FXR everywhere. But I must say, I got to say this. My little buddy, Colton Toms, has the drippiest FXR setup there is. Lick Kit, he's got Lick Kit. Dude, lit kit beyond measure. What? How old? How old is this? Uh, is this kid here? Twelve years old, and he's dripping and like that, heavy D. Dude, the drip is 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 not compared. It, you, it is unreal. You think my guy is rolling up to a Supercross main event, about to go put it on the top top step of the box? Yeah, he's uh walking out like Club MX. You know, you got you got oh. March Banks, you got Jace oh. Owen, you got Grant Harlan, you got Phil Nicoletti. You got, uh, you know, you got Brandon Shore. You got, uh, you know, Brandon Hawes, the owner of Club MX. I mean, FXR is becoming everywhere, from high-performance snow gear wear to motocross wear, FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Snow jackets, regular, you know, uh, winter jackets for personal um things walking out there in the snow or it's getting colder it's uh you know for me heavy d i go to my real job at three four o'clock in the morning and start dealing with uh the railroad a little bit and let me tell you what i'm gonna have to get a fxr windbreaker of some sort because uh these 40 degree weathers in, in in the morning on top of these rail cars is not fun so i will definitely have to get a jacket from fxr uh jerseys pants gloves Snow Gear, FXR has you covered in all aspects. So make sure to go check them out because they are the best in sizing, fitting, and venting, in my opinion, uh, especially during the hot 
um, you know, motos that you're doing and you want as much ventilation as possible. There is so many lines that FXR has as far as gear goes that is absolutely perfect for any uh, any rider. So make sure to go and check out FXRRacing.com. Find them on social media as well. And thanks to their continuing uh, support for uh, my personal racing along with this Imperative MX podcast. So um, next, we're going to get into a little bit of Lake Sugar Tree Halloween Bash, uh, Heavy D. What you what you know about Ryan Smith up there at Lake Sugar Tree and the Lake Sugar Tree <laughs> Halloween Bash? Oh, man, Ryan Smith is one of my good buddies. And, dude, I can't tell you how killer of a job, like, him and his crew is doing over there. Like, he... Dude, the Halloween bash is unreal. Like, it's it's crazy that a local event like that. And I, dude, I I'm glad that's why we're doing this podcast because I want it to like shine light. Like, let's get local racing that big every weekend. Like, yep, that's what will help elevate the sport because dude, the amount of riders and spectators and families and all that he has it's unreal like absolutely it was packed last year i don't think you could park anywhere last year it was so packed i couldn't even walk through the gate oh i I, you know i was there and uh we had to park all the way in the very bottom in the woods heavy d we had to park in the woods damn near um because there were so many people there and it's and it's awesome to see and it seems like the sport has grown, so there is a little bit more uh, local involvement and local racing going on, especially with different tracks, different series, different promoters. Um, there's so much local motocross that is going on, and the Lake Sugar Tree Halloween Bash, I have been going, this is the 20th annual um, Halloween Bash at Lake Sugar Tree in beautiful Axon, Virginia, as Ken Farrell will say, every morning at 6.30 to wake everybody up early from their motorhome, but I have been going for I'm pretty sure Heavy D every single year that they've had the Halloween bash. Oh dang! Like yeah, it's been what twenty years, right? Yeah, it's twenty years this year. And if you think about it, if you think twenty years, right? That's two thousand and two. That was the first year that I started racing. Was two thousand and two the first time I ever got on a dirt bike? Uh, I was seven years old, so that's 2001 for me. Holy cow. And my mom is, uh, you know, here in Roanoke, and that's where I originally stayed, and my dad was in Sanford. So, um, you know, Lake Sugar Tree was the closest track uh, to me, and we always went. It didn't matter if, you know, if they had a local race, the Halloween Bash, whatever, Lake Sugar Tree, we were there. And it's uh, and it's very, very honoring and very humbling um, to have – Imperative MX as a sponsor for this event. We're going to be doing two whole shots for the Supercross race on Saturday night. We're going to do a whole shot for the Super Mini class and for the 450A class as well, Heavy D. Oh, dude, that see, that's what's that's what's so sick. You've been there for years, and and I think it's beyond badass that. Like Imperative is going to be a sponsor there because that race has just grown and grown, and Ryan is really like taking it to the next level with with that race. And man, like I feel like that's what helps elevate the sport. You have guys like Ryan who've been around the racing scene forever, who raced, been on the high stage, and 
now they're back, you know, doing the local motocross scene. And that's what helps it because you, you have somebody who's been around that long and been on all these different tracks and knows what it takes to put on one heck of a race like what he has every year, which is the Halloween bash. Absolutely. The uh, the Halloween bash talk here on the Imperative MX podcast. And yeah, the Halloween bash is honestly one of my f- personal favorite uh, events of the year. I love the fall weather. I love Halloween. Um, Ryan and the crew there at Lake Sugar Tree do a phenomenal job with the decorations all the way around the facility, the lights. I mean, it looks like a little Halloween town. Um, it's it's honestly phenomenal the amount of work and design and structure that they put into this race. They have costume contests for the little ones. They have pumpkin carving ta- contests. They're going to have pit bike racing. They're going to have the Saturday night supercross. They're going to have, um, you know, practice on Saturday. Um, they're going to have racing on Sunday, camping all weekend, trick-or-treating. You know, it's it's a Halloween away from home, Heavy D, and this one really, really hits home to me that Imperative MX, Ryan Smith, Bab Smith, Gary Bailey, you know, they're all on board with uh, Imperative MX and uh, the Imperative MX podcast uh, that we're on right now. So it's uh, very awesome to see. Oh, 100%. And... I, I don't think, you know, like I say, it, it's a bunch of awesome events out there. And I'm not knocking any of them, but like a Halloween bash, like like you say, dude, it's like it's it's going racing and trick-or-treating at the same time. Absolutely. Like you you, you can't beat that. Yeah, absolutely. It's basically like like a, a racer treat. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a different vibe. It it truly is. And I know a lot of people and I and I and I know a good amount of people. I know a lot of individuals that knock Lake Sugar Tree because of the way that it used to be back in the day. Now, they didn't rip it very much. It was very dry. It's it was the same layout from 1976 when DeCoster came over and raced it. You know, it's the <laughs> it, it it was the same track, same layout, different things, but since Ryan Smith uh has taken over it uh the last couple of years, I mean, the the parking has gotten better. The facility has gotten better. The track has gotten better. Um, everything about Lake Sugar Tree has just become better. And it was awesome to be there in July or June. I can't remember, but it was the Moto Vroom Vroom that uh, Moto Playground and Chad Reed put on. So I got to see my favorite rider, Josh Grant. Uh, or one of my favorite riders. I got to see Zach Osborne, and I got to see Chad Reed race at Lake Sugar Tree. And if that doesn't tell you anything, then I don't know what does. Lake Sugar Tree is a great track now. And if you have not given it a shot in the last couple of years, please come out to the Halloween Bash. It's it's honestly going to be phenomenal. And if you've never, if you've been to Lake Sugar Tree, but you've never attended the Halloween Bash, you are missing out. Oh, hey, Ron, Ron Smith will make you a believer. Trust me. I know. That's how I met him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> trust me. He can, he, he's a convincer. He can convince you. I mean, when I first met the guy, <laughs> dumb me. <laughs> this is what I just like when whole shot devices first came out and I just now met this dude. Okay. And we're over at Garrett's, the old JGR track. Yep. And I'm like, hey, what's that on your front fender? 
And you know what he tells me it is? What? A go fast button. <laughs> like nitrous. <laughs> I said, no way, hit it. Let me tell you how convincing he is. He goes out of his way to hit the biggest jump on the track just to do a fender kiss and make it look like he hit that button. Stop. <laughs> and, and don't ask me. I'm like, oh, he's finna get down. And, and I fucking believed it. I was like, dude, I need that. <laughs> And that's the story of how, how I met the great Ryan Smith. Is, is so, from the go fast button. Go fast. <laughs> he hits the spin. Garrett and Aaron Whitfield and all these other dudes are sitting here laughing their yeah, asses off. Awesome. And I'm like, why are y'all laughing? This dude's ripping. You should be respecting. Yeah, you should it's go get that- a you should go and get one of these devices and put it on your front fender. <laughs> yeah. And he comes back and says, You like that, don't you? I'm like, Yeah. That is sick. Oh man. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, no, Ryan Ryan's a good dude. I've known him for twenty years. Um, you know, I when I first started racing, he was he was a very, very fast amateur rider at the time, um, winning all of the races around and uh yeah, no, it's very cool for him to be in that position and all and honestly making the track and facility better. So like we say, if you have not been there in a couple of years and you're kind of on, you know, on the edge on, hey, should I go? Should I not go? Because people say this, people say that. Just go. Just like the Suzuki. Just try it. There's nothing wrong with you going and trying it. And if you don't like it, then you don't like it. But And if you do, great. That's that's awesome. But at least give it a shot and give it a, uh, give it a chance. The guys over at uh, Lake Sugar Tree, Halloween Bash... At the end of the month, the 30th, that weekend, uh, make sure that you guys are there, uh, Heavy D. Oh, absolutely. You you guys definitely need to be there. It's it's an event you don't want to miss out on, I'm telling you. like You will not be disappointed in the Lake Sugar Tree Halloween Bash. Like it is, it is as big as it is for a reason because you have all the amazing sponsors on board that donate, that they're in person. They, they, they want to interact. They want to... They they want to deal with the public, you know. They 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 want to get everybody to try their products, and that's why they're there. That's why the event's so big. And like you say, go support the ones that support us. Go to Lake Sugar Tree, like get that good interaction, have a good time, like you know, have a beer with these other manufacturers or, or companies that, that that support the moto industry, like. It's the Halloween bash. Yep. Go have a bash. A <laughs> uh, uh, good one, Heavy D. That was a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, for, but for real, uh, go and check it out if you're around the surrounding area. It's in uh, beautiful Accident, Virginia. That's Lake Sugar Tree Halloween bash, October 30th or that weekend. Uh, so make sure to go and check it out. Um, this is the Imperative MX podcast, episode number two. We'd like to thank Hydropower. Hydropower is a formulated uh sports drink uh built by a sports nutritionist to help get rid of arm pump and increase your endurance so that you can ride safer and faster uh i like to be safe uh sometimes uh just like we were talking about earlier i unfortunately am not safe and things just go out of control uh but maybe if i had some hydropower in my system maybe i would have been able to uh hit that rut like uh you know one second beforehand i started flipping down the hill of muddy creek um yeah or it could have been from arm pump i mean that's what 
That's what Hydropower is there for. They have a brand new flavor out right now. It is Blue Raz. And the if you have not checked out Hydropower, go and check out their website. It is honestly very interactive. It's to the point. You can go and read the 4.5 and above five you know star reviews that they have on the website from credited people uh, that have tried hydropower so if you get a chance make sure to go to www.drinkhydropower.com to order your blue raz flavor today um so moving into the next topic we have three big weekends of racing in a row coming up heavy d we got the Verb Classic at Next Level 101 coming up this weekend. Then, the following weekend, we have the 20, 20th Annual Halloween Bash. That is two weekends away. Then, we have the Silver Valley AB All-Star Shootout. $20,000 at Silver Valley. Um, man, we have a lot of racing uh, to do in the next three weekends, and it is going to be jam-packed, a lot of competition, a lot of fun, a lot of talking. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be good, Heavy D. Oh, dude, this it's gonna be insane, just because, like, man, three big races like this back to back, like the competition level, like it is local racing right now is is. I want to say it's at an all-time high. Like, it needs to be how it is right now. Like, these races. Like, and these are big races. Just imagine if the regular local races were as big as these. Then we'll be talking about them. Like, we're going to be talking about them all the time. But North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, like, Georgia, like, this area, the local part of North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia, it will be the place to be. And right now, it is the place to be because – like you say, three big races like this back to back, and it's actually—I think it's been five. It'll—it'll it'll be a total of five. So, so, like October, the month of October is just booming right now with big races. Yeah, I it is—it is absolutely jam packed right now. If you are in the local motocross community, and that's what we love, and that's what we're here for, and that's what we're here to give you information. Uh, about so like we said the verb classic at next level 101 you know miss jessica patterson down there uh heavy d yeah. you know that she's gonna make that track rough you know it boss lady is no joke boss lady her her steady eddie, eddie they, they're gonna have it right and they, they're gonna have it top notch and ready for you guys to be there and the reason they do it, like i'm gonna say it like this if cooper webb can come out and race a local race. And I don't mean just come show his face and make a little appearance. I mean, come out, you're two-time Supercross champion, come out to a local race and race three classes and put in work in all three classes. So can you. So come on out to the Verb Classic and get down with the big dogs. Absolutely. That is the Verb Moto Classic at Next Level 101. Great Court, South Carolina, coming up this weekend. And then the following weekend, which is two weekends away, that is the Lake Sugar Tree Halloween Bash 20th Annual in beautiful Axon, Virginia. We've talked enough about Lake Sugar Tree, so we do not need to uh, focus on that topic much anymore. Uh, but we do have Silver Valley, and uh, tomorrow I will be talking to Camille, um, the uh, owner's 
wife, uh, fiance, I believe. Um, uh, owner's son's girlfriend. There you go. There you go. There you go. So, uh, but that is the, uh, there is a lot that, uh, that we are going to be talking about. So in next week's episode, we are going to have probably a good 10 to 15 minutes to go through everything that's going to be happening at the Silver Valley MX Park. Um, Heavy D, uh, why don't you give the, uh, the fans here a little bit uh, about what you know for the event coming up the, uh, the weekend of November 3rd through the 5th? So, yeah, I mean, a pit bike. We all, you always got to do a pit bike race. I right. mean, got to do the pit bike race. But best whip competition? Let me tell you. See, Let's hear it. Th- this is where, like, they, they, Thad and, and Camille and, and Chase and the whole family over there, they put a whole new outlook to it on putting on an event like this. When you do a best whip competition, you a whip comp- you see them do a best whip off of one jump. But his imagination has went so past far that, Best whip is going to be judged off of two jumps, and I mean back-to-back. Back-to-back, two jumps, best whip contest? Two jumps, best whip contest. Huh. Think about that. Yeah, and I know that you make booters, Heavy D, and uh, I know the guys at Silver Valley, I know from my previous experience being there that that track is no joke, and I know that that these jumps for the whip contest is going to send you pretty high so there is a lot of you know good time in the air for some oppos some scrubs some whips a little uh you know fender slap for the fans there's a lot heavy d oh dude that's that's why i call it big bats country because he thinks like everybody has a level or a thought process of how they want to do moto and i don't knock anybody how they want to do how they want to run their track how they want to build their track or their vision on a track I, everybody has that, like I say, everybody has their own pres- personal preference preference and vision of yep. a track. Yep. Mine, I see big because that's what I was around. Right. I see big. There's nothing wrong with building a safe track, wanting to slow it down, wanting to build it for a beginner. I'm not knocking any of that. That's just not my style. Right. Silver Valley is my style. And that's how Thad Look, see, he tries to do something. He wants to see it elevate. He thinks big. Yeah. So, I mean, there's. And that's what he builds. Yeah. And, I mean, from the amount of times that I've been there, every time I go, there's a bigger jump somewhere on the track. And, it, you know, safe big jumps, right? But the track, mm-hmm. Heavy D, the dirt, the prep Dude. that goes into this place, if you. If you want to go to a local pro <laughs> national. <laughs> and your legs want to be on fire for the next three days, and you mm-hmm. want good ruts. You want, you know, you want a rough, rutted, big jump track. Then you need to come out to Silver Valley, and that includes you B riders as well. There's twenty thousand dollars up for you B riders as well. You're having to go up against the A riders, but hey, they pay per moto. It's seventeen hundred dollars for first place just in one moto. So you seventeen fifty for one yeah. moto. One moto. 
Mm-hmm. And it and it's twenty minutes plus one lap or twenty minute plus two laps. Uh, you know, it's over the twenty minute mark. So of course you're gonna get. You know, if you get a bad start, you have plenty of time to work your way up through the pack to show your speed. And Imperative MX is glad to be a sponsor of this event uh, for the second annual Silver Valley MX Park uh, AB All Star twenty thousand uh, dollar shootout. Heavy D, it's uh, it's gonna be awesome, uh, and that's three weekends away, and it's it's crazy. Oh, it's it's gonna be insane. Like I say, if 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 you're a pro guy or you're a B guy, any of them, if you if you're local, and you want to come mixed up with these dudes. If you're on that next level and about to go to A, and and you want to get that feeling of what it's like to be on an outdoor national track, and not not only trying to, but just to survive. When you know you're in survival mode, that's how you know you're on a true outdoor national track. And that's what Silver Valley is. Two minutes and 30 seconds of excitement and hell at the same time in a fantastic way. Absolutely. And that's what Silver Valley MX Park uh, wants to bring each and every rider. They want to bring a um, very technical, very rutted, and a very fun uh, track for everybody to enjoy. So, yeah, that's three weekends away. It's going to be great. Uh, We just finished up what's going to be happening in the next three weekends as far as big racing goes uh, here on the Imperative MX podcast. And West Virginia Motorsports, we're so glad that they have been on board. If you are looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports. That's where I just bought my RMZ 450. If you are around the surrounding area and looking for a new or pre-owned motorcycle, dirt bike, ATV or side-by-side, make sure to stop by West Virginia Motorsports in Princeton, West Virginia. Don't forget to order your parts for your current bike through West Virginia Motorsports or alongside walking out the door with that new ride. Don't forget your filters, Heavy D. Don't forget your oil filters and your air filters. You gotta have, you don't want to suck no dirt and lock her down. No, sir. No, sir. Especially on a brand new ride. We do not want that. So, um... Another big topic is uh, some other motocross events that are going on this weekend that are on a lower uh, scale or maybe not as uh, as big as, uh, you know, Next Level uh, 101 that's coming up this weekend. Um, before we start, if you are a track owner listening to the Imperative MX podcast here and you would like to reach out for a promotion for your race, please contact us at imperativemx at gmail.com or hit up any of our social medias and message us. We would love to promote your track for uh, all of the racers that listen uh, or parents or, or people in the industry if they're looking for uh, you know what, what race they needed to go towards uh, or go to for their company here on the Imperative MX podcast. So like we said, if you're a track owner, promoter, uh, or you know someone uh, that is close that wants to promote event, make sure you reach out to us, imperativemx at gmail.com. So other races going on this weekend, we have the North Carolina Motocross Association, the NCMA, round 15 at NCMP. And uh, this weekend's racing is also Fly Racing's Ride Day, uh, 2022, featuring Damon Bradshaw, Heavy D. The Beast. From the East. Yeah, this weekend, Saturday, organized practice. 
and racing Sunday with a lot going on throughout each day this weekend with the folks at Fly Racing. And that's in Henderson, North Carolina, North Carolina Motocross Association at NCMP round 15. So make sure you guys go and check it out. I've been to NCMP a lot. Uh, Heavy D, if you did not know, and uh, the listeners here do probably do not know as well, when NCMP first opened up their doors and first had their race, uh, your host here, Zach Newberry, was uh, on the line. <laughs> he was NCMP the very first race? Yes, sir. Very first race at North Carolina Motorsports Park. Uh, I was on an 80, and uh, I don't remember how I did. I just remember being there for the very first NCMP race. Dude, and I tell you, Mark, Mark, and Jill, Jill Chaz, dude, they kill it over there. They've put in so much work at NCMP, and it, it shows. Like when when they get their game face on, and that track's on point, it's on point. And Absolutely, that's every time they open those doors. Absolutely, and uh, Mike Farr, who owns uh, and who created the North Carolina Motor uh, Motocross Association, has done a fantastic job with the NCMA uh, series that has been going on this year uh, from a lot of the local uh, tracks, Silver Valley, NCMP, uh, and many, many others. So make sure you go and check out their website or check them out on social media. That's North Carolina Motocross Association to find uh, the schedule and uh, to see what's going on uh, around uh, for your local motocross events. Um, another race that's going on this weekend, uh, it is a Outlaw Series. It is Top Gun MX Outlaw Series. That's round 17 of the Carolina Outlaw Series, Saturday organized practice, and racing Sunday. So that is a two-day event, and that is in Iron Station, North Carolina. And uh, Top Gun had a two-time Supercross champion race there not too long ago, huh, Heavy D? Oh, dude, absolutely. And, man, he's – he – man, the, the Doyles, they do an awesome job with Top Gun, you know. Like, I think it switched hands a few times, but, like, they brought it a long ways, especially since back in the day. And when uh, when it was, like, right there at Al Lane – when it was the Al Lane's, you know, uh, Top Gun MX Park. But they, they've been putting a ton of work, and, you know, the, actually the series – there's one of our series races, so we uh, definitely want to see you guys go out and support the Carolina Outlaw Series and uh, over at Top Gun and, and the Doyles. They're, they're awesome folks, great, great people, and uh, I tell you, you wouldn't, you're not going to find any better people. So go support them. Go support the Outlaw Series. Go out there have some fun. Like I say, you know, all these local races we're shouting out are all awesome races. We want to see people at all these local races. Let's build this stuff back up. Let's. Let's get people out there. So come on, let's let's get out there and do it. Absolutely. There's so much racing that's going on. I mean, just pick your poison on which track you want to go to, and I guarantee there's practice or racing going on. Um, and that's what we're talking about here on the Imperative MX podcast, episode number two. Uh, moving right along into the final race that I know of and have uh, have searched. Uh, East Bend MX, that is their, uh, they're having a race on Saturday night. It is their eighth annual cancer awareness race. And round number five of the Carolina MX Championship Fall Series. That is East Bend, North Carolina, East Bend Motocross Park for their eighth annual cancer awareness race. Uh, Heavy D, we've been doing a lot of racing and practicing at East Bend. Dude, so many laps have been pounded out. 
and he's been. I cannot tell you how many laps have been pounded out and he's been. Like, a lot. so many. Even by – Jordan Smith has pounded out laps there. Kyle Peters has pounded out laps there. You've pounded out laps there. Like, Cooper Webb, dude, so J- Jacob Cooper Hayes. Webb. I mean, there's uh, – Jim Neese, Luke Neese. Yes, I mean, Neese. everybody has been to East Bend and has put in a good amount of laps there for sure. Dude, every local legend around has been to East Bend. Absolutely, absolutely. I guarantee that Josh Thomas uh, has been to um, East Bend quite a bit, I'm sure, of it in his uh, earlier part of his racing career, I'm sure. Um but moving right along, uh, we are going to get into some professional talk. Uh, enough, or maybe not enough of the local talk, because we could talk about that uh, forever, it seems like. Um, but let's But let's get into some professional talk. But before we do that, we got to give another shout-out to FXR from High Performance Snow Rider Wear to, uh, to Motocross Wear. FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys. Pants, gloves, snow gear, whatever you need, FXR has you covered. Go check out the best in sizing, fitting, and venting, in my opinion, for motocross riding wear. And, you know, like you said about your little buddy, Lit Kit, Drippy, they have some of the best gear as far as, you know, fitting-wise, ventilation, you know, Club MX, all, you know, there's so many riders nowadays and there's so many FXR kits that are uh, on the line even at these local races. It's unbelievable. Dude, dude, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. FXR stuff so sick. It's really, I mean, I'm past the point of consideration of losing weight just to get back in motocross gear. That's how sick their stuff is. Not Man, it is, it, is, it is so lit and so drippy that Heavy D wants to lose a little bit of weight so he can be in some FXR riding gear. So make sure to go to FXRRacing.com and find them on social media as well. Uh, thanks for their continuing support. And uh, maybe, you know, they might help out Heavy D if he loses a couple pounds, you know. Hey, Planet Fitness, here I come. <laughs> that $10 deal. You can't go wrong with the $10 uh, Planet Fitness, uh, Kevin Wyndham backed Planet Fitness for sure, for sure. I, I don't might know. even get the gold membership just to get the tanning bed. There you go, there you go. Might even get like a little <laughs> little sauna action going on. Yes, sir. That uh, sauna get a little sweat so I can slide off in that gear real smooth like. <laughs> get get you that nice warm <laughs> towel after you just sweated, and you know to get all the nice you know stuff out of your face, the pores and the sweat and all that good stuff. It's uh. uh Oh, man. Um, so, straight rhythm talk. Um, we already talked a little bit on Josh Thomas uh, since he is a local and he was at that race, so uh, we can kind of skip over him. Uh, Ken Roxon, uh, it's very weird seeing him on a different bike other than a Honda. It was very weird. The Bob Hanna look was absolutely phenomenal, in my opinion. Um, Marvin ends up taking the win over Ken Roxon. Uh, in the final, it started raining there in, in, in the bit, and Roxon couldn't figure out the starts. Um, but, you know, he gave Muscan a run for his money, but Muscan is now the, uh, I think he's the official king. Um, you know, we got to see Jesus pretty much ride straight rhythm. Uh, he's the king of straight rhythm. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, the the way that he goes through these transitions, stays so low, uses his body, uses his lower body 
to soak up the motorcycle. And even though Ken Roxon was throwing the three foot, you know, off the tabletop, uh, you know, scrubs that he was doing, it, it, you know, that five, that five bike links didn't help him get the win over Marvin Muskan. That's how good Marvin is in this race. Oh, dude, Marvin is like, dude, his body English when it comes to Supercross is second to none. And I think that's why he's so good and built for straight rhythm. Like, don't get me wrong, like, I, I'm not firing any shots at Marvin, but he's known to make a lot of mistakes in Supercross. That's why he comes up a bit short a lot. Yep. And it, mainly to do because of, like, I think corner stuff as well. And and, and the, the little bit of mishaps. But, like, straight rhythm is – it's his style, dude. Like, if you watch him up, like, watch him close, like, Supercross, especially outside of corners, is all about quickness. How quick you can get through those sections, get to the ground, like, hit your marks on your step-on, step-offs, get down in the bike and get those transitions and angles right. And, man, like, dude, he does that so phenomenally well. Yeah. Like, it's it's unreal. Like if you see him in slow mo, just go scrub a step on, step off, soak it up, transition his body back, get down in the bike on the throttle to get the drive on and off the tables for step on, step offs. It's just like that's why he's so remarkable in straight rhythm, and I think that's why he's undefeated as well. Yeah, he has not lost a run, and he has not lost a uh, you know a title uh, at these Red Bull Straight Rhythms. Uh, so we had Marvin on top beating Ken Roxon, who got second, and Justin Barsha rounded out the podium spot. Barsha had a very nice kit on with the Gas Gas Two Stroke bike. Sounded extremely well with his over revness that he does. Uh, the fan, <laughs> the fans loved it, and so did the TV sound. Uh, blew my speakers out, but that's okay. It's two strokes. That's what it's all about. Uh, I wish I could, uh, you know, there's like, I, I wish there could be a button on my TV where I could just press it and it blows out the air that's going on there <laughs> so that I could actually hear and smell the two strokes. That would be cool. Hopefully, uh, you know, some of these bigger companies kind of step it up on their game and come out with that sometime. That would be uh extremely extremely awesome um but in the 125 cc class you had carson brown taking it over josh varese and also Derek kelly rounding out the podium um what did you think about uh real quick what did you think about the layout at huntington beach california because they were in pomona uh utah they were at the drag strip for a couple years, and then they moved it to the horse arena uh, area. And now they have moved out of Utah and went all the way to Huntington Beach, California. Uh, ocean in the background, city to the left. I mean, it's uh, it was cool. What do you, what did you think about that, Heavy D? I, I I thought it was sick. Like I feel, and this is my personal opinion. It may not happen because of so many races and how thin the riders are having to spread themselves but i feel like they're they would have to turn red bull straight rhythm into a series yeah just it, I, I feel like that yeah and you know what's sad too is that i finished out the pulpamex uh podcast today and um 
Hammer, who is the guy that uh, does all of these uh, Red Bull straight rhythms for Red Bull um, and puts it all together. Um, I think, I believe his real name is Jason, but I just know him as Hammer. Um, he was stating that there may not be a Red Bull straight rhythm next year because of the late season races that they're going to have for the SMX next year for those three playoff rounds. Um, mm -hmm. and they do not think that it will, uh, it may not happen next year. Um, man, that's, and I hate that, man, because it's like, dude, if you watched, dude, everybody was on their feet, like a jumping drag race. Yeah. Like it's so much excited. Don't get, it may be only 40 seconds, but God, it's some of the most thrilling 40 seconds of racing you will see, like. Even like like guys like Josh Hansen coming back out like and do, by the way he was ripping like coming out of the gate how he was ripping those rollers and not quadding like the rest of them. I thought he was gonna dude. win after I saw that first run. I'm like, dude, this dude is winning today. <laughs> dude, and, then, and, then, like, and then I saw Kenny and I saw Rocks and I, or I mean uh, Kenny and Marvin. I was like, ah, was... <laughs> but, but yeah. Honestly, I feel like how they. And the reason I say they would turn it into a series because I feel I, I feel like that's why they've jumped from location to location to see how the different locations would do. Even though it's been once a year, you know, or once yeah, once a year, they've always like the locations have done awesome. Hunting the be on the beach, that's sick. Yeah. You look over and you can see like a shark eating a, a, a or a whale eating a shark. <laughs> like while you're racing. Like something dumb like that. I don't right, know. Right, still, right. Bad. Right. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was cool. I I would I hope that that is not true, and I hope that they find some way uh to make it next year. Um, because I believe that this needs to be like in the downtown, like uh, like a Chicago or L.A. or even Charlotte or Nashville or uh, you know, somewhere like that. I believe that uh, they can make it happen. It will, they'll probably have to jump through some hoops and fire marshal and all of that good stuff. But I'm sure the guys over at Red Bull. You know, I'm sure that they have enough money and uh, they have enough power to pretty much make anything possible if uh, if they really want to do it. So, um, yeah, I hope that, you know, something comes out. But regardless of the fact, it was two strokes, awesome kits. AP had a phenomenal kit um, from his, uh, I believe the bike was a replica of his dad from the GNCC mm -hmm. series. And... Uh, his actual gear, it reminded me of Woody off of to Toy Story, but I believe that there was a uh, second, um, I guess, uh, version of what that gear actually was. Uh, do you know what that was, Heavy D? Who was that, Plessinger? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that was a, a, a replica of his dad's gear. Okay, so, the, so, so it's the whole, the whole his dad thing then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I thought I thought it was the bike that was his dad, and then the gear was something else. But maybe I heard that from a wrong source. So, uh, yeah. No, it's cool to give a late tribute to his dad. His dad was a GNCC uh, winner. I believe that he won a couple titles. Uh, if I'm not mistaking, um, I don't know the GNCC. Uh, you know, level or uh, talk that much, but I believe that his dad was a very successful GNCC racer, and it was cool to see him do a kit for that. Barsh's kit was good, uh, in my opinion. I really liked the Josh Hansen, the fall, the dark, you know, like the uh, the fall theme, real dark, the teal, the purple, the black. I mean, it just looked really good, and it just it fit Hansen. Hansen is like a, uh, I wouldn't say like a 
uh, like an emo dude, but he's more of that dark, um, that, uh, like, I don't, I don't even know really how I'm trying to explain it. Like, I could just see him in dark-themed gear. That's, that's what I'm saying. He's just that type of rider that you would expect to have the dark-themed gear and nothing flashy, nothing, you know, like, really, really bright, bright colors, right? He's more of that dark-themed guy, and I felt like the Husqvarna team, Rockstar, Fox, they did a phenomenal job with Hanson's gear. I mean, that, that stuff looked sick. Oh, dude, they killed it. Like, Absolutely. without a doubt. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, no, so uh, it was, you know, two strokes, cool kits, on the beach. You can't really get it any better. So uh, that's the straight rhythm talk and, uh, and some professional talk moving forward here on the Imperative MX podcast, episode number two. Uh, WSX. Uh, finale is this weekend. Uh, the local legend Shane McArath. Uh, I believe we can call him a local legend, uh, even though that he's not done with his career. He's from the North Carolina area, and uh, yeah, we can call him a local legend. He is currently winning uh, the very short piloted season of this brand new WSX World Supercross uh, Championship Series on the Rick Ware Racing Team. Um, yeah, do you do you believe that Shane will get it done in the 250 class uh starting off? Mhm. Yeah, so hold on a minute. So wait a minute. They I thought it was more than 2 rounds with the WSX. Uh it just for this year it's a piloted season and they're only doing two races. This Australian one is the last one this weekend. Oh, so they only they only they cut it down to 2. Yes, and next year apparently it was supposed to be 10, but they've apparently cut it down to eight so i i don't know i i mean i i don't know it's another racing series it's cool i'm glad that the riders are getting paid more teams are getting paid right like i don't it's almost like a thing i have to kind of wait and see like for next year for an entire series i want to see kind of like where they go for the different countries i want to see if they bring any other wild cards into play uh if you know uh the ken roxton situation is he going to be the face of wsx next year since uh doesn't look like right now as far as rumblings going on that he has anything lined up for here in america is he going to be the face of world supercross next year um you know there's there's so much ifs uh and um i guess what's going to happen um with this series and is it going to uh, change the. I don't think it's going to change America and what we do here in the here in the states. Um, but we do have to give Adam Bailey a pat on the back because I believe that if he didn't throw up and he didn't have the money, uh, for, you know, the fifty million dollars from these investors, I do not believe the United States, as far as the uh, racing goes, with the two uh, racing promoters, um, Feld Entertainment for Supercross and. Uh, MX Sports for the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross have now combined and uh, put up this $10 million purse. And I do not believe that that would have happened if Adam Bailey and that whole uh, SX Global team did not put up that much money for these uh, teams and riders. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with that. You're, you're 100% right. Like, it, it, and that needed to happen. Like, I mean, it's so much risk and not near enough reward for what these guys do to their bodies and even minds to go out here and race dirt bikes week in and week out. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, definitely different than your average ball sport for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I really hope Shane gets to gets to win this weekend. Uh, he is a couple points over Chris Blose, and I honestly, Heavy D, I cannot remember who is in third. I'm not going to lie. I do not know. I just know that the local legend himself, Shane McArath, is out front, so that is the person that I will be rooting for in the 250 class because I want him to bring a title home. He's been so close in the AMA Supercross season that what a turnaround season. He's ridden four manufacturers this year. He's running it. He's, he's ran a Club MX Yamaha. He's run a Rockstar Energy Husqvarna, and he's rode a KTM uh, for Real the... Rocky. Yep, for the, the uh, Rocky, Rocky Mount. Mount well, and yeah, he ran. Brothers yeah, the but yep, yep. Uh, we have no idea what's going on with it. that's a whole nother. Where's Blake Baggett? Anyways, um, <laughs> anyways. Uh, oh, uh, Mitchell Oldenburg's in third. My bad, Mitchell Oldenburg's oh, in third. Oh, Oldenburg. Okay, okay. So yeah. Oldenburg could maybe be the only person that I could see that could be. I I don't know if Blos is going to beat Shane, uh, straight up. Um, but I could see Oldenburg beating Shane because Shane has been so used to a 450 I can see the, you know the little hard transition maybe to the 250 and their specs over there is way different than us here in the United States for AMA Supercross so um regardless of the fact I hope that Shane McArath gets this dub and uh and brings it home uh that would be really cool to see and obviously Ken Roxon is uh or well Eli Tomac really is in the points points lead uh but since he's was only a wild card in that first uh, race that they had a couple weekends ago at Cardiff. Um, Roxon's out front. Vince Freeze is second. And uh, do you know who's third? Um, I'm pretty sure. God, I want to say it's um, Vince Freeze, right? I thought I thought Freeze was second. I think I think oh, oh. I think Vince is second, and I can't remember who's third. Is it? Oh, so it's not Tomac, Kenny, Vince? No, it, no, because because uh, Tomac was only a, a wild card. He's not coming to do the second one. So they so they throw his points out because he was just a wild card. His points didn't matter. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yep. dang, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, yeah. So the wild card's points, I guess, are not being thrown into the conversation because everything I've seen, um, they put out a head-to-head -to, -head to WSX social media team. They put out a head-to-head -head, uh, with uh, Ken Roxon on one side and Vince Freeze, and they showed the points underneath, and it was pretty close. So, um, And we know uh, that Heavy D is a huge supporter of Vince Freeze for his uh, uh, not aggressiveness on the track, but his determination to go out there and uh, win, and he'll do anything possible uh, to do that. Now, sometimes it may not be the smartest thing, but you have to give him credit where credit's due. He's trying his nuts off. So, um, <laughs> so you have to give him credit where credit is due. Um, moving into the final topic uh, of tonight's Imperative MX podcast, episode number two. If you have made it this far, we have greatly, or we greatly appreciate you and uh, sticking around for this podcast. And Silver Valley, we have to give it up to Silver Valley once again for being on board with this uh, Pulp MX, or I'm sorry, not Pulp MX, holy cow, the Imperative MX podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to Steve Mathis uh, probably too much, but uh, regardless, regardless of the fact, the, the Pulp MX show, Silver Valley MX, 
huge race going on uh, November 3rd through the 5th. So make sure that you guys are there and supporting Silver Valley MX Park. Next week, we will have a full, uh, pretty much topic of everything that will be going on at that event. So make sure you guys come back next week and stay tuned uh, for the talk about Silver Valley MX Park. But we have to give a huge shout out to them for being on board. We greatly appreciate it. So uh, the last thing that we are going to get into, Heavy D, is we're going to answer some uh, Imperative MX social questions. These are questions that are submitted via our social media uh, where a day or two in advance, we will post up a photo of the talking points from the week's episode. And then we go back through the post that people comment on. And we pick some of the questions and read them here on the Imperative MX podcast. So uh, first one is going to be from me, Heavy D, because I have a question for you. When was your last Ooh. gate drop? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah come on, come on come on come on we want we want to hear this one i know everybody wants to hear this <laughs> oh, man. golly once again what are we in 2022 2011 birch creek that was yes the reason it was 20 okay so 2011 birch creek and that was I'm pretty sure when i ran b and I said, this is not for me. That was the first race B-class, and you said, yep, nope, this ain't for me. Time to hang the boots up. Yeah, I, the reason I ran B was because, so that year, um, you remember, um, you know Dylan Easton, don't you know Dylan Easton? Yes, yep. Okay, so that year, golly, it was me and him, Carson Tick, dude, we went at it like a lot but Carson didn't like end up uh trying to do the uh D29 series he raced a lot of it but he wasn't in it for like the championship but yeah but me and Dylan were because we went at it like all year that year like qualifying magnets to each other just finding each other on the racetrack trying to trying to get the win never ended I'm talking about like, I'm pretty sure his life goal was to work, like, just, just de- destroy me. Like, because <laughs> my guy got quick fast that year. He, he, <laughs> he, 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 was, he was grinding hard in them backwoods. Oh, dude, like, I'm telling you, like, he was grinding. And he, it was crazy. Was So it came down. It would have come down to Birch Creek. I would have never ran that race in B if it wasn't for – like what happened like the week or the two weeks prior because he got hurt when we was racing. It used to be Palmetto and it changed hands several times. Okay. But we were racing there and like it was like a it was a double header. So they had Supercross Saturday night and we ran outdoor stuff Sunday. And uh he he worked me Saturday in Supercross. Like dude, he fucking obliterated me. Yep. Um excuse my French, but like we he, he worked you. He worked oh, you. He, he worked me. Like, he, he, oh, dude, he stirred, like, he put my shit in a blender. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> um, and, um, but outdoors, like, it was a bit of a difference. I was a lot closer in outdoors. He didn't, he wasn't working me like that in outdoors, but it was close enough to, like, well, no, I ain't going to see. We were actually battling, and but he was, he got a bit of a lead on me, but he was killing me through the rollers. Like, they had a long section of rollers, and 
usually rollers was my thing, but this particular weekend, like he was scooting, he was doing an unridiculous like rhythm through the the rollers. He was going like uh triple quad quad or something stupid like that. It was something retarded. Right. And I was like, you got that. Like I ain't about to obliterate myself on this four fifty to try that. Like yeah. and it 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 got like he ended up crashing them in like the uh quad like he tripled and he went quad yeah. and something went wrong. I didn't see it because like when you cut, I was just coming out of corner when he was going for that, and next thing I know, he was like mangled up in the hill. He broke his shoulder. He it jacked him up pretty good. But mm. Mm. anyway, I did that, and then um, I went and raced B, and I was like, no, no, you got it, y'all, y'all can have it. It's I'm gonna. So, I'm gonna, so uh, Heavy D is your uh, is the co-host here on Imperative MX, and he is your 2011 District 29 C-Class champion. Yes, sir. This is me. And as soon as he went to B-Class, he hung the boots up. Unfortunate. <laughs> Unfortunate. Unfortunate. It was, but it's, it's, no, it's no need to go that fast, dude. Like, <laughs> what, what do you get out of going that fast? Dude, I'm when I got the B-Class, I said, how the hell can <laughs> I get faster? <laughs> I mean, what what are you gaining going that fast? Think about it. Like, that's I mean, the first class trip to the hospital. Like, I mean, I, I wasn't trying to be laid up with everybody else. Yeah, I thought I could make a career, you know, professional racing in this heavy D. And yeah, I mean, uh, B class Loretta's first year I went, got thirty six, absolutely smoked. My uh, tongue, I believe, is still in the spokes from two thousand and ten or two thousand eleven. The first year I went to Loretta's. Uh, I was so dog tired. I threw up in my helmet every single moto. It was so hot. It was miserable. Um, but once again, even speaking on that topic, you got to go to Silver Valley. I, I, I Every single time I think of a, a rough track like Loretta's and you want good Loretta's prep, you need to go to Silver Valley and get all of the rut practice and big breaking bumps and big jumps and yeah, uh, had to plug in Silver Valley there because uh, that's what it reminds me of, and that's honestly the best practice that you can get. Yeah, sure, you can go to these, um, you know, uh, tamed down, uh, kind of flat tracks, but that's not going to help you at Loretta's or some of these bigger races that are going to have a lot more bikes on the track, a lot more braking bumps, a lot more acceleration bumps. There's going to be G-outs in the corners. There's going to be G-outs on the faces of jumps. I mean, there's, oh. there's so much that... Uh, that you need to learn and experience, uh, and Silver Valley is the correct place to do that, and I'm so glad that Imperative MX is a sponsor of their event November 3rd through the 5th for their $20,000 AB All-Star uh, race that is coming up pretty soon. Um, so, Heavy D, we got another question for you from William Fleshman. He asked, being that Heavy D is a local legend himself, can we get a comment about why he couldn't ever keep his pants up while riding? Heavy D, you 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 had a problem with your pants? Let's just say at one time, Heavy D was trying to be light D. <laughs> Heavy D was in the gym trying to get these pounds off, and I got down a pretty good a good bit, but. When I was starting to look sexier on that dirt bike, I started to get some swag about me. There we and go. I tried to let I, I tried to let the shirt tail hang like El Chupacabra used to back in the day. Yep. And let's just say it bit me in the ass because my ass was out. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Damn it, man. Damn it. So, uh, yeah, so Heavy D was trying to be Light D back in the day, and, uh, yeah, the pants couldn't stay on. It just uh, it wasn't happening. He was trying to have them a little loosey-goosey, and sometimes they became really, really loosey-goosey. So. <laughs> oh, they became loose all right. Loose oh, yeah. Full, full, my butt cheeks. full moon and everything, and I have my own personal story. I had to race Connor Lester, which is a local legend of himself here around the Virginia area. I always had to race him, number 88 on the Honda. Uh, he was either always in front of me, behind me, beside me, uh, going through <laughs> ruts. I mean, we had we had hell of battles back back in the day, and we were at a Lake Sugar Tree area, I do believe, at Action Town uh, when that was still up and running. Um, up there, I can't remember the actual town that it was in, but it was um, up there. Axton, Virginia. Nah, Axton is Lake Sugar Tree. Oh shit! Why did I say that? I don't know. We talked about Lake Sugar Tree earlier. I said accident a bunch. So, <laughs> so yeah, no. It, I mean, for for good measures, though, you know. So, um, but regardless of the fact, uh, there was one moto where I was leading. I had Connor right behind me. He was literally on my tail, and sure enough, I had one of the I had the answer gear, and it had one of those uh, like zip tie where it clicks uh, to keep your pants up instead of like a belt or. Uh, one of the Velcro things nowadays that most of these companies use now instead of the uh, click type of uh, holding device for your pants. Well, uh, that answer gear decided to give way about lap number two and a lap number four. I had to pull over because the pants were all the way around my knees and I couldn't stand up and I couldn't go through the corners anymore. Mm. Yep, so I had to pull over while leading a area qualifier race in front of my biggest competition at the time. <laughs> Uh, so he got a great bird's eye view, and so did the fans and the spectators that were along the fence line. And uh, oh. my dad, that was cheering me on. I, all I saw was just a huge smile and on his face while he's trying to cheer me on to beat Connor. And my pants are halfway down. So. Oh, I remember that. I remember that race. I was there. I yep. remember it. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, no, good times. Good times for sure. For sure. Uh, moving on into some more questions. These are coming from Instagram. And uh, GK Moto Films asks, with Ken Roxon meshing well with the Pro Circuit crew for straight rhythm, do you guys see Mitch taking or making a spot for him on the team like we saw with Brock Tickle in 2012? I know Tickle's situ situation to finish out his two-year deal was uh, different circumstances, uh, but I wonder if Ken, being a free agent, could entertain the uh, entertain the idea for Mitch to do a one-off 450 program for 2023. Um, <clears throat> Heavy D, the only thing I got to say about this is I don't see him leaving Red Bull. Uh, so it, he his options are very, very slim. Yeah, uh, I just... I can't see those two parties separating. I, I really can't. It's, it's got to be something drastically better for him to leave. Red Bull. Absolutely. And this is not a business decision. This is a personal decision from Ken Roxon himself. Um, yeah. He's not going to, I mean, dude, Red Bull's been with him since what? He was 12 on a Suzuki back in Germany, uh, having, you know, having to race uh, the likes of Jeffrey Hurlings and Dylan Ferrandis and, you know, some of these other guys, you know. And um, yeah, uh, I don't see uh, GK. I don't see I don't see those two parties separating, so I do not believe that Mitch is going to make a one-off 450 um, Monster Energy 
uh, pro circuit Kawasaki. I, I just don't see that with Ken Roxton. I see him being the face of WSX 2023 next year. Um, that's what I see. Uh, Heavy D? Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. It's just, man, that's, that's, I just, like I say, if I don't see it because Red Bull wants Ken, they, they, they want Kenny. Like, he, he's been there too long. He, he does good stuff. And, like, if he parts ways with Honda, it's because of something better. But I don't see, like, I can see the firepower ordeal working. I, I can see that working because they don't have a big title sponsor like Red Bull. And that's some more of an athlete sponsorship more than a team sponsorship. So I think it, like, Honda would be fine backing Kenny through the firepower team. Right. Only way I see it being a big problem is if Kenny would go win a championship on that firepower Honda. Then Honda would have some um, questions to answer as to why he's not under that tent still. He's under a proper, like, you know, uh, a second hand, a third party team, basically. See, but I almost, I don't believe they care. I really don't. I mean, Lars Lindstrom, who is the team manager over there for HRC Honda, was on the Pulp MX show as well. Um, and he was talking about the whole situation with Ken Roxon, and the offer was on the table. But his bosses, you know, uh, they, you know, they do all of these contracts, and they make sure that the riders do what they're supposed to. And Ken Roxon and his agent didn't tell them about the WSX series, uh, you know, within a certain amount of time, and then the time came up, so on and so forth. I might have my timeline mixed up, but there was some sort of form of communication that was not, um, you know, com uh, communicated, really, between the two parties, uh, HRC Honda and Ken Roxon, uh, that we're talking about here at the end of the Imperative MX podcast, episode number two. But, yeah, I just, I, I at the end of the, at the end, to answer your question, GK, uh, me and Heavy don't see him uh, going to any other, um, you know, energy drink team. Rockstar, uh, Monster, Twisted T. We don't. We, it's not going to happen. I, I don't see it happening unless something majorly happens between him and Red Bull, which I do not see happening because he had so much fun at the Red Bull Straight Rhythm, and I'm sure that he talked to every single person that is a big person. Uh, at Red Bull, uh, at that event, I'm sure, uh, to talk about what's going on moving forward. So um, I don't see, you know, there's a lot of talks online that people have seen him uh, with a Cowie, uh, you know, or, you know, heard rumblings of him on a Cowie. Uh, you know, it, he's Ken Roxon. He can go and buy whatever he wants and test whatever he wants, you know. It, mm -hmm. it, nothing's really stopping him. So uh, at the end of the day, no, we do not believe that he's going to go on to uh, Mitch Payton for a uh, – uh, 450 deal for next year. Um, my dad commented on this, MY Newberry. He said, giving the larger payouts coming in Supercross and at recent local events like Muddy Creek uh, and Silver Valley, is the fan attendance and competition increasing? What do you think, Heavy D? Do you believe that the local scene uh, and payouts and that sort of thing, do you believe that it's increasing? Yeah, I... I'm going to say, yeah, it is going to go against my previous statement of the last podcast when I was asked if motocross is dying, and I felt like it was. But right now, and especially in our local area, I think it's, I think it's increasing, and it, it needs to continue to do that. Like, 
I know we spoke on Silver Valley a lot and Vermoto. Like Vermoto is going to be a good weekend. It's going to be solid, a lot of fast guys, but I feel like it'll continue to increase, especially with the likes and uh, the race such as Silver Valley. And with that being said, that's why I feel like a lot of these teams that are getting fresh young riders, you know, that are coming out and they want to see what they got. You need to let them come to this race. Like, put the ego down, put the whole all. Oh, it's not worth it. Not worth getting hurt. Like, no. What what sucks is you practice and get hurt in practice because you're not actually out there competing. If you right. want to see where you are, come compete with the top guys. Right. Some, and some, some, some and if you're guys. a even and if, if you're, you're a top yeah, and even if you're a top guy and you get smoked at a local level, that's more for you to learn. You know, like exactly. every single time I got smoked by Bryn East at East Bend, I learned a thing or two about the track. You know, I'd have to ride behind him, you know, but I got to learn his lines. I got to see where he's going on the track and what he's doing. You can learn a thing or two, and that's nothing bad. Like nobody – social media nowadays just it, – it's sometimes it's full of crap, and most of the time it is full of crap because of the people that comment, it, or that, that comment some just – out of this world stuff, but these local guys, I wouldn't care if they showed up to Silver Valley and got worked by the likes of Joey Crown or, you know, a Brandon Shaw or, you know, somebody like that. Like, hey, they showed up. Not a lot of, you know, not a lot of people do that, you know, and these teams need to stop wrapping these riders up, like, you know, in pillows, you know, in, in packaging paper so that when they fall over, they don't break anything. Well, guess what? I mean, no offense to Colt Nichols, but look at him. He didn't even get to even, you know, hardly even ride and defend his number one plate because he got cra- because he got hurt the very first heat race. So, oh, you know, and that's the only opportunity that he got the race with his number one plate. Mm-hmm. And uh, got ruined that fast. So I, I believe that, um, you know, Heavy D was talking about, yes, I do believe that the uh, payouts are increasing and there's been more fan attendance and I believe that there's been more rider attendance uh, just in some of the small races that I've been going to here recently. I mean, there's been so many riders that uh, have been coming out that haven't rode in a really long time that I'm seeing fresh and new faces. Uh, So, yes, uh, Dad and uh, Mark, I do believe that Everything is increasing in the sport, and this is the perfect time to get into the local motocross scene uh, or even be watching the professionals on TV. Whichever way that you do it, whichever way that you support the sport, um, you know, is great. Uh, So, yeah, I believe that everything is on the rise. Um, But, yeah, uh, Heavy D, that's pretty much it on uh, episode number two of the Imperative MX podcast. Uh, We got a lot thrown in. Uh, from local talk to professional talk to local legend to Lake Sugar Tree, Virginia, North Carolina, um, man, we we have it, we have it, we have it all around. We have it all around here on the Imperative MX Podcast, Heavy D. Oh, absolutely! I, I'm loving the discussions. I think people are digging it. They're going to continue to dig it. And uh, hey, let's. I feel like what we're doing is just going to help the local scene. Let's. Let's push and thrive to make a local scene like local nationals every weekend. Yeah, and it would be great for spectators to come out. We need more spectators to come through the gate to watch some of these uh, some of these kids and some of these top uh, you know local pro, pro riders that will eventually be uh, trying to make 
Lucas Oil Pro Motocross events or uh, AMA Supercross. So um, definitely everything is on the rise, and we are so glad to bring it to you here on the Imperative MX podcast. Every single one of these episodes uh, are recorded in advance and then will be edited and will be coming out every Thursday afternoon. So make sure that you guys follow us on social so that you stay up to date. Go and check out the YouTube, watch the videos, watch the first episode along. You know, if you've made it this far, that is phenomenal. We greatly appreciate it. We want to thank all of the sponsors that are on board. West Virginia Motorsports, if you need a new ride, ATV, dirt bike, side-by-side, motorcycle, go to Princeton, West Virginia, West Virginia Motorsports. They have your back just like they do mine with my purchase of the 2023 RMZ450. Uh, Lit kit game, FXR, Heavy D, FXR, killing it. FXR, killing 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 the game, Uh, 12-year-old. Has got the drippiest style uh, or, or drippiest kit with the FXR. Looks like he is on a uh, pro national level, even at a local event. So uh, make sure to go to FXRRacing.com or find it at your local dealership. Um, also, got to give a huge shout out to Silver Valley MX Park. We talk a lot about them and they have come on board uh, within this podcast so that we can promote their racing uh, November 3rd through the 5th. Huge payout, A and B riders. We want all of them, uh, every single one of you riders, every you know spectator that's that's uh, watching, listening, whatever the case may be. Make sure to go to Silver Valley MX Park. And finally, we have Hydropower Arm Pump. You need to get Hydropower if you have arm pump. If you have uh, you know trouble with endurance, Hydropower is there to help you. Formulated by a sports nutritionist himself. Garrett will make sure that your order is successfully placed into your doorstep with a reasonable amount of time. Um, I would have already tried Hydropower, but me and UPS are going to be, uh, I think we might have a fight. Uh, one of their employees decided to just throw the Hydropower against a brick wall. Uh, not once, but I think 56 times. And uh, so, yeah, there will be a claim that will be uh, processed uh, for my hydropower that came in and got absolutely demolished. So, uh, or I'd be able to give a little bit more details on them. But you can look at the five-star reviews online, Heavy D, and and you know the numbers don't lie in the comments and the uh, you know reviews online. They don't they don't mess around. So, uh, and it's absolutely true. Uh, everything you can read all of the reviews on their interactive website. That's Drink Hydropower. Com. Well, that's the end of it, Heavy D. I appreciate you uh, sticking around and uh, made good time on this one. Talked about local stuff, local legend. I mean, we had a jam-packed episode, and we are so glad that everybody came on board. Heavy D, thank you so much uh, for coming on this podcast and being a part of the Imperative MX podcast. You know it. I appreciate you having me. Yep. Your host, Zach Newberry, co-host, TJ Galefsi. AKA Heavy D. We out, guys. See you next week. See you guys.